After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First of the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. And we are back. Let's talk some football, fellas. Boomer, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Mike. Great to see you back in studio again this week, and I can't wait to get started. You know, interestingly enough, only this week in week eight, there's only one game that features two teams that are over 500. And you know those teams because you root for one of those teams. That happens to be the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. I call this the Geno Smith revenge game. And then, of course, there are five teams, or I think it's five teams. Yeah, five teams that are coming into this week that are on four-game winning streaks. Now, I'm not going to ask you to list them. I'm no. going to tell you who they are. Thank you. Of course, it's the Eagles. We Correct. all know that as they are undefeated. How about the Minnesota Vikings? They've won four games in a row. The New York Giants have won four games in a row. Somehow. The New York Jets have won four games in a row. They're hosting New England, who they have lost to 12 times in a row. Oof. And then, of course, your beloved Tennessee Titans, that football team that you just love to watch and you just love the way that they play. I got a real problem with them. And they keep they keep doing this is what they do. You must be betting on them and you're losing. No, no, I stayed away. We talked about this. I stayed away from that game. But they just keep coming at you. They keep stacking these wins. That's kind of a credit, I think, to, to Mike Vrabel, their coach. I mean, he the team reflects him as a player and as a as a They're coach. Well coached, boy. They are they are well coached. But do they really legitimately have the ability to go all the way to the Super Bowl with that roster? No. No, especially in the AFC. Don't worry. You're going to be comforted by the fact I'm going to pick against them this week. All right. Let's get to the rundown. This is the NFL Rundown. Uh, it's a very special moment for me, for this program. Let's start with Thursday night football. The Ravens, Boomers, Bucks. We need to have a conversation. Okay. I, I want to just start. Brady versus team. If you are forced to blame, even if it's 51 to 49% blame, you blame him, Brady. All the nonsense, lack. He's not. He doesn't look good at all. Or the team around him. You know, I'm, I'm blaming the injuries, the team around him, and the coach. Uh, I think the coach, um, and I like Todd Bowles. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. But I think a team reflects its coach. And when a team has a coach that has an edge that is standing on the sideline and is in everybody's face, that team reflects that edge as long as they're winning. And that's why Bruce Arians, I think, was the perfect coach for Tom Brady the mm -hmm. last few years. And he is now missing from the sideline, and he may be missing from the sideline because Tom Brady doesn't want him there. I'll, I'll say it. He didn't. That's why he's not there. That's my opinion, not Boomer's. So I think this team you know, has had a lot of injuries. Brady has taken some liberties, which I think are outside the norm for a football team to allow, but he is the GOAT after all. 
And I do think that Todd Bowles on the sideline changes what this team is from a from a guy who's going to get into the face of players to a guy that's just going to sit back and allow the players kind of do the things that they want to do, and it's reflecting in their play. Yeah, and Bowles had, Bowles had this comment. He was asked about it, and he goes, look, I'll paraphrase. No, we're not sitting around screaming and yelling. This is teaching time. You know, I still believe in these guys. And I sat there, and I'm like, I know you can't in 2022 unless you are a Belichick or unless you are even an Andy Reid. You're not going to be able to treat grown men, professionals, the way you could in, say, 1990. Can't do it. But th- there does come a point you got to put a line in the sand and go, fellas, the standard is the standard. This isn't good enough. Yeah, and, and that's where the edge comes in. And, you know, Todd didn't have that edge here when he was with the Jets. He really didn't have a quarterback. He's now got a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got a lot of injuries to deal with. But you cannot minimize the impact of the head coach in, in, in on an NFL team. And, and nobody reflects that more than what Brian Dayball has done with the right. Giants and how he has handled Daniel Jones and has turned his career around to this point. I want to ask you, though, so, like, let's work our way out of this. Because I know, like, we joked on last week's program, you've got your cello, the water's rising, and you're just playing old Lang Syne. You're staying with the Bucks. You know I'm out on I, I am going to stay with the Bucks, and the only reason I'm staying with the Bucks is because they're in the worst division in football. They are. They have no other quarterbacks that they really truly have to worry about in that division. They had all sorts of transitioning going on with the Falcons, with the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, you have Andy Dalton starting. You have Marcus Mariota starting. I mean, you know, you got P.J. Walker starting. I mean, this is what you're, they're dealing with. So I think that they could be a team, and there could be one team coming out of the NFC that has a losing record but is going to make the playoffs. Let me let me offer you what I deem two solutions I know I'm oversimplifying, but I want to have some fun with the listeners. You tell me if either of these work for you. A, go out, and I know it's not going to be easy. I feel like, look, Godwin doesn't look all the way back, and he's not a deep threat. Mike Evans is Mike Evans, but again, the regression's been there, but a good, big-bodied target. What they're missing is that slot trinket toy, and in years past, it was A.B. They had Cole Beasley for a few weeks Boomer, it, 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 don't forget Rob Gronkowski. And that was the other one, is that without the middle of the field slash slot, none of the other things seem to be unlocked. And that even takes away the one Scotty Miller bomb a game. Is that oversimplifying, or are we on the same page? Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, they look slow to me. They look slow offensively. There's nobody that is really a game-breaker. And for whatever reason, I, I don't know if you feel this way watching them, there's something off with Mike Evans and Tom Brady. They're not on the same page. Last night he yelled at him three times, including in the end zone where it looked like he didn't cut the route early enough, and Brady, it should have been intercepted. So we are seeing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, there was the drop pass in Carolina that could have changed that whole yeah. game that was down the middle. It was right on the money. So it's not Tom Brady in the way he's playing and maybe some of the off-the-field distractions, as it has been reported that the divorce papers are going to be filed this week and all this other stuff. So I'm sure he's dealing with that, but you know I don't necessarily see a, a, an overall drop in his play. The, the other thing, too, play more of the kid, Rashawn Vaughn. Play more of the kid. I know Fournette's wonderful in pass pro, and he's the veteran. He's mm-hmm. Brady's guy. Vaughn's got a little bit of juice. I, I'd, I'd try to get him a few more touches. I, I, I don't have anything against anything that you're saying here. The other thing you got to remember, they lost Shaq Barrett now, and that looks like it's going to be for the year. Yeah. It looks like a really bad Achilles uh, you know, problem. But I do think with Tom Brady there and assuming that, you know, he doesn't retire in the middle of all this season because of this divorce, 
Uh, the fact still remains that they are the best team in that division. And like I said, they could win that division with a losing record and make it to the playoffs. Um, we have to talk about your big moment last night. Okay. Come on. You saw it. The promo for, for Monday Night Football, yes. Bengals, Browns, Bernie versus Boomer. Yes. Can we talk about the hair care regimen, please? Uh, well, that we, was gorgeous. You know, I, you know, that my was thing beautiful. Is I don't like to share my 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 hair care regimen. Come on, that was that Vidal personal. Sassoon mousse back in the yes, day, right? And, a little you know, bit I, of foam. And, and I think I had a nice uh, mullet going. It was gorgeous. It was regal, if you well, will. Well, when you have hair like me, that's what you try to do. That's it. You flaunt it. Exactly. Uh, let's go to the Colts, because... We've hinted at this all year. Jim Irsay is a total wild card. The benching of Matt Ryan. And then you find out, and I won't go granular, it's the contract people. They owe him a lot of money. If he plays, they don't. If he doesn't. And Frank Reich, which I know obviously your college roommate and a friend, and Chris Ballard all but said this was Jim Irsay's call, the Sam Ellinger era. Talk to me about this. Well, it, 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 there's also another part of that contract that you didn't talk about, and that is that if Matt gets hurt, there's an extra $17 million that is guaranteed yes. for next year. So I think Jim Irsay has seen enough of the interceptions. Um, I think Frank probably would have fought through it. But when the owner wants to make a, a, a decision based on what he's watching, and there are nine interceptions to watch over the first uh, six or seven games of the season that were just awful – uh, you've seen enough. Now, this is also what happened at the end of last year with Carson Wentz. I, I do believe that Ballard and Reich probably would have wanted to keep Wentz there, uh, but I think the owner got disgusted with the last two games against the Raiders and the Jaguars last year. So now here we are again. And, you know, and Sam Ellinger has been on this team for a while. Uh, Frank has told me personally that he really likes the kid and there's a lot of energy. But He's I got some think, wheels, Boomer. He yeah, but, but I don't think you really thought about him being no. his starting quarterback in no. the middle of the season. If everything were coming out of training camp was that Matt Ryan was the perfect guy and he was bringing energy and leadership to the team and then everything was going to be fine, then he'd still be playing. But I do think that those two interceptions last week were just horrific in nature because the week before, he played great against the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if this is contract, this is an impetuous owner without question, and now it's up to this young kid to try to save everybody's season. So two ways. What does it do to the room? No, I mean, players aren't stupid. They know the owner stepped in. And then the other part is I feel bad for Frank and Ballard because basically now you're on the block. I mean, you're not playing your best quarterback. You're going to incur losses I just don't see how any of this works, and Ursay should be smart enough to know that. Well, maybe this will be the answer. Maybe the energy, maybe the youngster will come in and play. I mean, he came from a huge uh, you know, uh, program at Texas. I, at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's basically about saving the season, not looking beyond this yeah. season. And they're, um, they're going to be asking a young kid to try to do that, which is not going to be easy. No, at all. Um, well, you know what? Let, let's stick with the theme. I, I think it's interesting what the Bears did. And I got, and I understand why they did it. They traded Robert Quinn. He's, I think he's got one sack in seven games, not having the year that many thought he'd have. They owe him a ton of money next year. But it's interesting. On the heels of beating the Patriots, they dropped a bomb on him. They trade one of the veteran leaders in the room. Now, I understand the Bears are not good. But we just talked about it. The NFC, the division they're in, that's a bad division. It is. And Roquan Smith finds out at the podium, people, can we be better, please? But, like, seriously, can someone run down a memo? 
But I, I wanted your take on this because doesn't that just gut the room? It does. He's a team captain, and he's one of the more popular players in the in the room. And the GM and the coach have got to explain to the players why they're trading him. And remember, the Bears are a half game out of a wild card spot. They're three and four, just like everybody else seems to be right uh, in the NFC. So why would you do this right now? Well, I think you know Ryan Poles is thinking. Look, we got an opportunity to remove some money from the salary cap, get another draft pick, open up possibly for some free agent signings next year to build around Justin Fields. And the other thing I did notice that they did during that long, you know, they played on a Thursday night and Justin didn't look great. I know. So Luke Getze went back in and said, okay, we got to somehow start getting plays where he feels more comfortable. Let him run the ball? Right. So they called some running plays for him, much like Brian Dable's doing for Daniel Jones, much like they do for Josh Allen up in um, up in uh, Buffalo, and, of course, what they do for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. So he looked a little bit more comfortable. He made a couple really nice throws, but he's still struggling. He no is doubt. still struggling. It, I just it's It's from the viewpoint of, you know you're better than the Lions, and you might be better than the Pack. The Pack are a mess. We're going to get to them next. I just was shocked at the timing, and I thought it was tacky for for one of your best players to be in a media engagement and have to find out that way. Yeah, that, but, here, but, but here's on. the deal. You know, this is uh, this is trade time. This is uh, the trade deadline is November 1st. Things are going to happen. Players are going to move. The one thing I would say, Robert Quinn should be happy that he's leaving the Bears and going to the Eagles where he has a chance to get to the Super Bowl in his last couple final years here. Yeah, and he'll have a big impact there because he doesn't have to play every down. And by the way, in my eyes and the perception that I have is Howie Roseman won again. He does. He did a great he job does. here adding a you know bit piece, a pass rusher, to an already good defensive line. And you know line. what? It's emulating their 2017 Super Bowl team. They're going to have eight guys. Or if for Giants fans out there, it's emulating the Giants 07 team. They're going to have eight guys. They can go NASCAR package. They can go big. They Rotation, can... baby. That's the thing. Keep those defensive linemen fresh and keep the pressure on the opposing offensive line who end up playing the entire game. Uh, let's go to the Packers. I said I'd do it next. We'll go a little bit out of order. Um I don't know what to say anymore. I know you you and I both liked the Commanders last week. Now there's this Aaron Rodgers thumb issue, but I, I think it's deeper than that. Where What is the way out for the Packers? They better make a trade and get a wide receiver in there that has some sort of uh, experience and, and explosiveness because Aaron Rodgers is extremely frustrated with a lot of his players that he's playing with, and he's talking about players making mistakes. He's not naming them by name, but still he is he – is, basically putting the coaching staff, the offensive staff, and the front office in a very, very difficult position because he goes out on that Pat McAfee uh, podcast, which is great in radio show, and it's fine that he's open and he's and he's honest, but the problem is sometimes you're too honest and you're really going to start splintering your locker room, and he should know better. Yeah, there's also a refusal there to run the ball. I think that's the biggest way forward for them. Look, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got A.J. Dillon. I'm not telling you it's going to be the most dominant thing in the league, but if you look at their wins, you look at what their success resides in, it's number 33. Yeah, and their young defense is going to get better and better, and they, they still are playing reasonably well, but you know, it's weird that you and I both felt like Taylor Heineke and the Commanders were going to beat them last week. Yeah, by the way, did you see the last throw to McLaurin? Yes. His that's... eyes closed. How? How? <laughs> he, his eyes were closed. I know. <laughs> Did you ever pull that off? Uh, I, you know what? Maybe he was trying to do a Patrick Mahomes. That was something. I went, oh, yeah, it was my great. God. It was a great throw and good for that kid. You know, that kid's fighting for a job now. He yeah. wants that job Well, back. you could see he was rusty in the first half. Second half, totally different player. Confident, cutting it loose, more accurate. It was just everything I thought 
he could do for them. It'll be interesting to see how he plays this week at Indianapolis, Terrell Heineke, the quarterback for the Commanders, because the Indianapolis Colts, obviously, as we just talked about, are on notice. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. You feel free to laugh. I was uh, ruminating on this. Maybe it was Russ holding the Seahawks back. I'm being serious. When I watch them play, this offense now is wide open. And by the way, Kenneth Walker might be one of the five best running backs. You are you're right on that, and you've been on that for the last three weeks, by the way, so I'll give you credit Thank for you, that. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but I'm asking, Geno Smith is accurate, it's tempo, it's spreading the ball around. Was it Russ holding this offense back? You know, it was kind of interesting. I told you at the beginning of the year that the Seattle Seahawks did not want to give Russell a contract extension because they didn't believe in him anymore. And Pete Carroll's not a dope. He knows that the team wasn't uh, all that happy with Russell Wilson. He also knows that he had Geno Smith there for three years, and Geno knows everybody and was probably very much liked in that locker room, unlike when he was a quarterback for the Jets and got punched in the face by I.K. Empanali, I think his name was. Mistakes were made. Right, mistakes were made. So he's learned now, and he's confident, he's comfortable, and he looks good, and he's throwing the ball down the field. He's got happy wide receivers. Happy wide receivers, happy life. Boomer. That's what I say in the NFL. Boomer, they could win a playoff game. Yes, they can. Um, I've got something else fun with Russ later on. We'll see if your airplane workout routine is the same. We've got picks. I've got coaching malpractice. We got a lot to do. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny. Hey, everyone. This is Boomer Esiason, and I am so excited to welcome you to my new Game Time podcast, where every week I'll be joined by one of the world of sports' most celebrated stars. Only on this podcast will you hear the full story from our guest, who I interview each and every week on my Game Time television show. It's the Game Time with Boomer Esiason podcast. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kenny Main. I'm the host of Hey Main, the Kenny Main Talks to Famous People podcast. Season one's out there in the universe. You can go back in time, find anybody you want, as long as I interview them. Season two is coming up Thursday, October 13th. We've got Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick together again. Sue Bird is involved. Rex Chapman, Dan Lebetard, Katie Nolan, Allison Becker. Sorry for all the others I interviewed who I left out. Oh, yeah, Soledad O'Brien. She was good. Get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, we are back. It is time for the picks. Boomer's already told you we've got a lot of games that are uh, something. This is going to be challenging. Let's get to it. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Picks of the week. And it starts with a game that nobody in America wanted, so we put it on a boat and sent it overseas. <laughs> the Jags minus two and a half against the Broncos in London. You take it, England. Oh, man, that's right. I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Jags here, and I'm going to go with the Jags because I just I still believe in ter- Trevor Lawrence. I'm not worried about him. I think he's getting better. Um, he's not there yet, and I do like the fact that uh, – you know, Travis Etienne is a legitimate running back. And, you know, they have so many guys on defense, Mike, that they are fast. They're just out of position sometimes. And this team is going to be good in the next couple of years. 
but I just don't like the offense no. of the Denver Broncos at all. No, and I, I got ahead of myself with the Jags. I was excited. I, Peterson probably needs a year, but you can see it. They're going to be good. They had no business losing last week. Fun fact, if the Broncos lose, Nathaniel Hackett may come home in a box. Honestly, that's not a fun fact. Well, I'm just saying he might get he might get brown. No, he may get brown bagged by by ownership. Come on. Well, you heard what their GM George Patton came out and said this week. And if you buy that, I'll sell. I I got a bridge I can sell you for fourteen dollars. Well, he better be in their back pockets because if he's not, then you know what good is he? What decision making he made? They're both gone at the end of the year. You think so? I do. All right. We, uh, we, we'll save it. we got plenty of shows to do. Eagles laying 10.5 against the Steelers. You know, the problem with the Eagles, and uh, I think you said this, and I look at it, um, is that they don't play a second half. No, they're half a bagel. I don't know what's going on with them. Now, they're coming off the bye, and, you know, like I always tell you, when teams go on the bye, the coaches do their work, and they self-scout, and they look at things that uh, teams do well and things that they don't do well. It's one of the reasons why Andy Reid is so good when he comes off a bye. So next week – Bet him. I don't even know who they're playing, but next week, bet him because they're on the bye this week. Uh, and I think Nick Sirianni is the right coach, and I like who the Eagles are. Uh, I'm going to lay the 10.5 here uh, against the Steelers because Kenny Pickett has been turning turning the yes. ball over way too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what? Here's what I would I would just tell you you're better off going Eagles first half minus 6.5, but I know that's not what we're doing here. I will go with Boomer on this. Heaven help me. This team, please show up in the second half, okay? Patriots minus two and a half at the Jets. What? Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots here, and uh, I'll give the points to the Jets. And the reason I say that is because I'm not totally sold on Zach Wilson and the way that he's playing. There it is. Well, his game last week against the Broncos scared me. I mean, it should. You know, he's 4-0 in his last four games as a starting quarterback, and he's not turning the ball over. That's the good thing. That's one of the things you've got to break a young quarterback from doing. That's what the Steelers have to do with Kenny Pickett. Stop turning the ball over. And so at least Zach Wilson has done that. But he scares me when he breaks the pocket and runs around and tries to be like Brett Favre because he's not Brett Favre yet. There were a couple throws in Denver. Let's just say they were turnover-worthy, and he got very lucky. It'll catch up. His inaccuracy is what bothers me yeah. most. He had a couple of guys that were open last week, and he missed them. And uh, you know, I think I don't, I can't imagine that Belichick and the offense of the Patriots are going to have four turnovers in this game like they did on Monday night. Yeah, I'll I'll go with you with the Patriots, and I kind of think both New York teams are due. They're great stories. They're well coached, but I mean, they're kind of flying a little close to the sun. Our man Arthur. Atlanta laying four, hosting Carolina, the P.J. Walker experience. Yeah, which was amazing. What a game they played last week. What a credit to the team. What a real credit to the team to destroy Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and to Steve Wilkes, their coach. You know, he's all he got rid of Robbie Anderson. They traded Christian McCaffrey, and the team really responded. Oh, it, and the owner basically remarkable. said you have next to no chance of getting this job. Exactly. You have to do something incredible. Maybe they're in the midst of doing that, but I'm not going to go with them this week. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I love Atlanta as a dog, but I don't know that I like him as a field goal north of four. I'm gonna I'm gonna go free roll here. I'm gonna take the Panthers. Let's go. Ra- now you do you want a scary game? You may as well flip a coin on this puppy. Raiders minus one and a half at New Orleans. All right, and now I know Andy Dalton's starting for the Saints, but we're gonna see Taysom Hill, and we're gonna see a yeah. lot of him. Uh, they seem to be successful when he lines up a quarterback, and whether it's running the football or even jump passing and throwing it. He makes plays. But the Raiders, you know, they needed the game last week against Houston. They had to save their season. They did that. This is a continuation of that. I'm going to stay with the Raiders and Derek Carr 
And Devontae Adams now all of a sudden is starting to get back in the mm-hmm. mix for the Raiders, which I like. And, he, you know, the Saints have so many injuries on offense, I just do not trust Andy Dalton not to turn the ball over. No, here. and I'm, I'm with you, and, and obviously I wish we could wait until game time to make the pick. Lattimore's injury fundamentally has changed the way the Saints can play defense. And if you don't have Lattimore against Devontae Adams, get ready for 15 targets. I, I'm going to lean Lattimore will be compromised. I'm going to go Raiders here. Okay. Get ready for this one because this could be my dumbest take of the week. Cowboys <laughs> laying nine and a half against the Bears. Go ahead. You know, I, I don't think you have a lot of dumb takes. I know you think you you do. Uh, but if you want me to start taking them down and keeping score, I will. Yeah, I'll sure. be more than happy. We'll, we'll do a receipt show for Christmas. Yeah, we'll, take yeah, them we'll down keep it receipts. Yeah, everybody's keeping receipts. Go ahead. Uh, I like the Cowboys here. Um, uh, I like yes. the Cowboys because um, their defense. Uh, should be all over Justin Fields. They do have the speed to stop him and force him into mistakes. And even though Dak didn't really do much last week, I think he'll be more comfortable this week. And I'm just wondering where the mindset of the Bears locker room is. There it is. I, and I, the reason I said is I never call for blowouts. The NFL, these are all professionals. Everyone's out there fighting for bread on their table. I never talk about blowouts. This is a spot I think the Cowboys drop a bomb on the Bears. And it's it's a, it's a horse racing term. Second off the layoff. Dak was rusty last week. Yep. This, I think the Bears come in flat. That Robert, uh, the Robert Quinn trade. Cowboys all day. Oh, God. Here we go. Dolphins laying three and a half at the Lions. Here we go. And the Lions defense can't really stop anybody. But I thought they played really well against the Cowboys last week. They did. Um, I don't know what what got into them. I don't know if it was Aaron Glenn self-scouting. I'm not really sure. You know one thing they did? What did they do? They moved Aiden Hutchinson to the weak side of the formation, got him away from the tight end, got him isolated. He played a little better. Okuda, believe it or not, back from the dead, played really well. Look, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to sell something here. I know, I know what you're trying to sell. <laughs> I'm trying to sell something. Um, you know, and and by quite frankly, you know, Tua and the Dolphins didn't score in the second half against the Steelers. And he looked lost, Boomer. He well, looked lost in the last two, two, three quarters. Well, he's missed like three games, you know. So you got to get you got to get the whole mental aspect of the game back. You got to understand what it ta- takes to play four quarters. Hopefully, it has nothing to do with any hits that he's taken. Oh God! But I am. I'm, I think the Dolphins are going to win the game, but I'm going to go with the Lions at home as the dog. Dude, this is so. Such personal growth, man. I'm proud of you. Taking a rat dog. Like, this this yes. flies in the face of what you normally do. I'm taking the Lions. I think this is just a spot where, like, again, you can't lose every game. It's week eight, and a lot of crazy things happen. And, again, your co- hey, the owner came out. You know, vote of confidence in Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. I don't know, man. I just – you don't lose every game. Can, what? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Like, like who is actually owning – the Lions right now. Sheila Ford Hamp. Okay. It is William and Martha's daughter. All right. Okay. And it's a real blessing. All right. Let's move on. I'll take the Lions getting three and a half because you don't want to get me started on that ownership. Vikings minus three and a half hosting the Cardinals. You know, if it were less than three and a half, if it were three, it's probably going to be a push. Uh-huh. This game's going to be a high scoring. I think it's going to be up and down. One of these teams is going to win by a field goal at the end. And I think the Vikings will win the game, but that would make the Cardinals a cover here. I will take the Cardinals. Yeah, and the Vikings as a favorite their last five, one and four against the number. Cousins does not cover. And you know what? Atlanta, 10 days to prepare. Maybe we get good Kyler. I don't know. I'm taking Arizona. Oh, God. 
God, help me with this next one. Titans laying two and a half to the Texans. You're asking for a lot of help from God these days. I know. And I don't go to church. That's a bad combo. Go and ahead. I don't mean to do this to you. And I know this line, man, this line feels to me like it should be like six points in exactly. favor of the Titans as opposed to two and a half. So what does somebody know that we don't know? I thought early in the week it was the Tannehill injury where he was in a boot, was a limited participant. But then, look, he's out of the boot now. I, I thought it meant Malik Willis was starting. Boomer. All right. Did you see what Josh Jacobs did to the Texans defense last week? Uh, yes, toss sweep left, toss sweep right. <laughs> All right, guess what the Titans are going to do? Toss sweep left, toss sweep right. Why? Because you have Derrick Henry. I'm taking the Titans. All right, you know what? Let's have some fun. I- I'm gonna. I'm just going to test the theory, and if you want, you put dinner on it. Whatever you want to do. This uh, is what I call a receipt game for you. This is, this is fine. Put the receipt down. Okay. Any restaurant, any cuisine, any budget, you pick the date. <clears throat> I'm here in New York. We make it happen. We're going to Cipriani. Done. I'll take the Texans. Okay. You're not going to scare me. Okay. I'll take the Texans. I want to test the theory. The ratty, This is the Island of Misfit Toys from the Rudolph special. All right. Right here. Give me the Texans. Got an Island of Misfit Toys. Worst case, it's dinner. Best case, it's one of the greatest rat dog plays of the year for me. All right. All right. Colts minus three against the Commanders. How do you even gauge Ellinger Heineke? You know what? Uh, Heineke beat uh, Aaron Rodgers last week, and he wants the job back. He wants to win. He wants to be the starting quarterback of the Commanders. He wants to t- make sure everybody knows. And I love this about this kid. He's a fighter. That, that he's just not just some guy off the street that, that that's going to win games. I mean, he's going to fight, and he's going to and he's going to run around, and he's going to make plays. The biggest problem for the, uh, I think, the Colts is their defense has played really well. I don't think that Ellinger is going to be turning the ball over as much, but I am going to take the Commanders here on the road. I'll lay the, I'll take the points, yeah. and I think they cover the number. I'm with you. It is a very tepid selection. And look, look, you also got to give it up a little bit for the Commanders. You know, they've been playing all year without some of their best defensive pieces, and I thought they battled last week. I thought they, they their defense primarily has been okay this year. I'm and I also, you know what, Brian Robinson. It's more than just the story and what happened to him. He adds a physical element, and now they can use Antonio Gibson the right way. I, I'm going to take the point. Hey, Terry McLaurin's the top receiver in the league. Gets no love from anybody, and I don't know why. Now he's getting paid like it. Yeah, but he makes plays every single week. Niners laying one and a half at the Rams. Okay, so I've been on the Niner train for a long time, and I am not getting off of this train just because they lost the game last week to Kansas City. And you know what? Maybe that is the Jimmy Garoppolo effect. I'm not really sure. But for whatever reason, during a regular season, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Their defense is going to get after Matthew Stafford. The offensive line of the Rams, I am not a believer in. It's horrific. Sorry, they don't run the ball. They don't try to run the ball. And Matthew Stafford kind of looks like that quarterback that we saw in Detroit a few years ago. As opposed to the one that we saw last year. I'm taking the Niners. I'm with you. And and look, out of the bye week, what are these fixes? The Well, you're not going to find a new left tackle. You know, you're not going to be – all of a sudden, you're not going to find a running game. And I think what, what you said is it's true. Sometimes it's 2 plus 2 does equal 4. The Niner front against that O-line – and this Rams offense are the is the Rams offense all of a sudden going to come out firing? I, I don't I don't see it. Plus, it's the second week they get McCaffrey bigger install. We might be walking into it, but I'm taking the Niners. I'm with you. I can't touch the Rams. They are radioactive. Seahawks minus three hosting 
the New York football Giants. Yeah, it's a great story. And Brian Dable's got to be odds-on favorite for coach of the year right now, even though Nick Sirianni's team is uh, you know 6-0. But the fact that he's done this and re- reborn or has rebirthed, I guess you would say, Daniel Jones is amazing. But so, so is uh, you know Pete Carroll and uh, Geno Smith. I think there is a little bit of juice out there. The 12s have got to be excited. They're getting more than they thought they were going to get. They're playoff So team, I am going to take the Seattle Seahawks here, and I'll lay the three points. I, I'm with you. I love my G-men. Oh, wow. Dayball's been incredible, but I, I got to fade them. It's similar to the Jets. You don't get to have it your way every week. And the Giants, I'm not being insulting. They've been very fortunate, which is a polite word for lucky. Winning in Seattle's brutal, and I'm telling you, man, Seattle's going to be that team on Wild Card Weekend. I don't think anybody wants a piece of. I will take the Sea Chickens. Uh, we chickens. we go to Monday night. This is very special. Celebrity Monday Night Football. Our man Boomer on the Manning Cast. I'm not supposed to say that until Monday. Whoops. <laughs> Bengals minus three and a half at Cleveland. Thank you, Eddie Scazzeri. Uh Go ahead. And no Jamar Chase, hip That's injury. That's right. He's out. He's probably going to be out for at least four weeks with a hip injury. They're probably going to put him on the IL. Hey, for me, uh, look, I think the Bengals have found their mojo. Their defense is good, man. I, people do not even give that defense any love. They don't give up a lot of points in the second half. Joe Burrow has found his game. He still has T. Higgins. He still has Joe Mixon. He still has Tyler Boyd. I am not worried about this offense. Uh, they will put up a big number here. I am, of course, taking the Bengals. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Yes. Make this the dinner game. Brownies. I thought the dinner game was uh I want this to be the, the dinner game. I didn't know you were on the Manning cast. Can't say that till Monday. Uh, come on. <laughs> make this the dinner game. I want the Browns. I want the Browns. Divisional desperate dog delight plus dessert on you. Let's go. Okay. Browns. Three and a half. That's the dinner game. Those are the picks. Best of the best. Next final word. Coaching malpractice. All of it. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, we are back. And we've got the best of the best. We've got some fun stuff, some coaching malpractice. Boomer's final word. A lot to do. First, let's get that last game of the week. This week's best of the 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 best. Of the best, of the best. So, a little bit of an odd selection, but work with me. Bills-Packers, and I know it's an 11-point spread. I understand there are, quote, more competitive games, but it is Josh Allen, it is Aaron Rodgers, and it's a bit of an Alamo spot for the Packers as they go to Orchard Park. So let's get into it. Bills laying the 11, boom. That's All a right. big number. So, listen, you think about the Bills. What I think about is this team that is on a trajectory for a Super Bowl, and they have come out firing on all cylinders from game one in the opening night against the Rams all the way through the game in Kansas City. And then at home, all they've done is they've won their two games there by a combined score of 79-10. to 10. They are running everybody out of the building. In comes now Aaron Rodgers. Introspective thinking about things dead people have their hands all over them guess who's going to have their hands all over them in this game it's going to be von miller and it's going to be the defense of the buffalo bills and by the way has there been as good a free agent signing this offseason that what the bills needed for their pass rush going into the season no no and that's why i you know this is the third game now in this segment in, in the on this show that i have gone with the heavy favorite i, I know i not that believe that i'm doing it 
But I'm doing it again because I've played up in Buffalo. I know what that environment is like. It is a pain in the ass. Boomer, they throw babies through tables. It's cr- it is crazy. And it's a fan base that is rabid, a fan base that has expectations, and a coach and quarterback that are living up to everything that we all thought they were going to be this year. And I'm not jumping off of that bandwagon just yet. Oh, God. All right. I I can't take three big favorites. It's just so many points. I mean, why can't the Bills just be nice and win 31-21 and we call it a day? Really? That's probably what will happen. I'm going to take the pack, give me the 11, and just plug your nose. All right. I think the only thing that would enable the pack to either go up there and win or even keep it close is if Josh Allen gets hurt. That's the only way I see it. No, No ball control, no ability to grind it out. You're talking about a team that either has the number one or two offense and defense and whatever pertinent statistics that you look at. This team is about as good as it gets, and they're playing in front of their frenzied fans. Like I said, babies in prime time. I know. Bill's Mafia. All right. Let's go coaching malpractice. This is volume 4.0. I have fun with this. This is where I, as a fan, look at coaching decisions, and my head explodes, and then I bring it to our resident expert, Boomer, and we talk through it. So I want to start with Mike McDaniel. Mike. Mike. Booby. Baby. Buddy. What are you doing? So you get <laughs> – you've, you've got third and two. It's a, it is a tight game, all right? You're sitting here, and you get stoned on third and two. You lose a yard. It is now fourth and three from the Pittsburgh 13. It's a 16 to 10 game. Okay? Close game. Kicking a field goal. Now, I'm not bright. I went to a Big Ten school. I didn't go to an Ivy. That would put you up nine. That's two scores. This is not hard. So what does Boy Genius do? He opts to go for it on fourth and three. Boomer, ask me if he passed the ball. Uh, Did he pass? No, he he didn't. (laughs) They get stoned and they give the ball back. But Boomer, what why? Are we, what are we doing? You know, uh, you went to Michigan State, as you pointed out. He went to Yale, and he's got the analytic geeks in the air, as we are finding out oh, that uh, we have a ton of those all throughout the NFL. And instead of these coaches going with their gut, they're going with the numbers. They're going with the hardcore numbers, and every number in the world tells you that you would want to go for it here. And I don't agree with it. I want to be up nine. I know. Against a rookie quarterback. Especially when my defense is playing as well as we're playing. Oh, God. So, uh, again, you know, these coaches sometimes have got to divorce themselves, I think, from the numbers and also the emotion of the game. Because somewhere they got to be in between making the right decision. And and he's lucky that it did not come back to kill him. Like, there's a lot of analytics, and I won't bore people with it, but, like, there's something called S&P Plus, and it, it, it basically grades out teams and tells you it's a predictive measure. But what S&P Plus doesn't take into account are things like, wait for it, injuries. Therefore, I don't value it. Like, you have to look at, that's not Josh Allen on the other side of the field. And even if it were, I don't know if Josh Allen's got a special play, like it's MTV Rock and Jock, and he can throw a nine-point touchdown. Go up nine! Just please! It's kind of simple. Just do the simple thing. All right, this one is less simple. And there are a lot of other guys in the league that have made that same mistake. I know. Yes, I know. This is less simple, but I wanted to discuss it with you, and it's from Thursday night's game. Now, John Harbaugh has had a bit of a rough go with the analytics this year. Trailing 10-3, to 
just before the two-minute warning, they're facing a fourth and three at the Tampa 17. Now, your offense has not been good. You know Brady's getting the ball before the end of the half, and the Bucs are getting it out of the second-half kickoff, which means what you do here, they're getting it twice before you get to touch it again. Lamar does his routine of yelling and screaming, saying we're going for it. Mm -hmm. Then he did his routine of throwing it into space and not completing it on fourth and three. John, now I know they ended up winning. It's immaterial to the moment. Just like Mike McDaniel did. Right. Where were you with that decision not to make it 10-6? Because they were struggling and because they have a potential Hall of Fame kicker, I would have kicked the field goal. I would have attempted the field goal. I would have gotten points. I probably would have gotten killed had Brady gotten the ball back and went down the field. And anyway, they got the ball back anyway. I know. So, and, And the point being is that, you know, sometimes these coaches outthink themselves, and you never know where those points are going to come back to hurt you. John Harbaugh has had a terrible season in this regard, and it's one of the reasons why they have lost as many games as they've lost. You know, this is a team that has in eight straight games at one point in time in the game have had a double-digit yep. lead. Can't hold it. That's amazing. Well, sometimes you can't hold it because you make a decision that changes the momentum of the game. And I still believe. And I understand people are going to say, you know, what he did against Buffalo, if you don't get it, you pin him deep, you can't predict it's an interception. It's bollocks. Just take the lead. Give Josh Allen the ball. You're up three. It's a different situation than the game being tied. You know, I also think that he and some of these other coaches use this as a mental kind of tool for their teams, thinking that, you know, Coach believes in us. Yeah. That's why we're going for it. What is this a Disney movie? Hey, but it, is, but that's part of football. The psychology of football is works in so many different ways. It's like exactly what Bill Belichick is doing to Mac Jones. Yeah, it's the psychology of football. It's simple. Go into that, but effective. Go into that because that's a perfect segue. Because I know we we couldn't hit the Patriot thing to start the show. Yes, weird handling, and you've got a very strong opinion on this. right. So here in New York. Giant fans know Bill Parcells and how rough of a coach he was, and Belichick was on that staff and saw how effective that coaching style was. And maybe it was a little bit more bombastic than what we see from Bill Belichick these days, but he was really hard on Phil Simms, Bill Parcells was. Hell, he spent Phil Simms in favor of Scott Bruner. Think about that for a second. And so how does Phil Simms react to that? is the real key question as to whether or not Phil Simms is going to go on to become a Super Bowl MVP. And Parcells got the best out of Phil by being tough on him. And to me, what I see is the same thing going on up in New England right now with Mac Jones. The litmus test. It, it, it really, I want to know if you got the skin and the heart to become the next Tom Brady up here. And in order to do that, I'm going to put you through some tough times. It's a motivating psych- psychological motivating factor and way that coaches handle certain players to see if they can handle it. And quite frankly, your your quarterback's got to be the toughest mentally guy, mental guy on the team, because if he's not, his dour and this goes back to Kyler Murray, his dour personality when things go bad are going to adversely affect your team. No, and and really. How many coaches in the league do you think could play that head game? Is it Belichick alone, or is there a handful in your Well, we know Dable and Jones are are doing that right now because we saw that week one when Brian Dable screamed at uh, Daniel Jones. He throws an interception in the end zone against the Titans. Funny, I screamed at him, too. Yeah, well, well, this is what you want as a fan. You want your coach holding his players accountable. That's probably one of the reasons. He telegraphed the wheel route. 
Yes. Well, that was to Barkley. Yeah, you, you, you don't throw a back shoulder, you know, to a, a running back versus a safety. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I said a few unsavory things in that moment. Exactly, and so did and so did Brian Dable. So I would say maybe Andy Reid could get away with it. Okay. Uh, I would think that Bill Belichick's the other one. I don't know about Mike McCarthy down there in Dallas. Maybe he's an old school kind of coach. Mike uh, Tomlin in Pittsburgh's an old school type of coach. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that they do it all the same way, but I just know that what Bill Belichick is doing to Mac Jones, I think, is he's trying to get the best out of him and making him a tougher player moving forward. No, I love the take. It's it's super interesting, and it's again, it's rarefied air if you can pull it off. I got to ask you about this, and I know I'm rough on 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 Russell Wilson. I, I just. I read this story about the flight to Europe for the London game. Did you did you read this? Of course I did. All yeah. right, so just work with me for a minute. <laughs> for the people, Russell Wilson, instead of being a normal human being and sleeping or playing cards or, I don't know, watching a movie, decides he's going to take half the flight and do lunges up and down the aisle and stretch and work out. They should have locked his ass in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, boom, boom, boomer, boomer, hold on. If you're, if this is your team and you're on that plane yeah. and all of a sudden here comes Russ up the aisle at three in the morning while we're in the middle of nowhere over the ocean and he's whispering, are you feeling dangerous or let's ride? Well, I mean, what are we doing? That's dangerous and he's unlimited. Come on, as man. As you know. He's a cheese ball. You know that. But he, no one that. in that room can respect that. But this is why Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch and all his ex-teammates out in Seattle get on his ass all the time because of crap like this. I mean, that's who he is. I hate to tell you. I've met him. I've talked to him. I actually do really like him. He seems like a great guy. He goes the, the cheesy Instagram uh, post to his uh, to his wife, Sierra. I mean, this is it, it's crazy, and that's what you're doing is exactly what everybody else around him is doing is rolling their eyes and going, come on, just be authentic. Don't be a phony. And unfortunately this is who he is as a person. Boomer. This is the way he is. Boomer. If you're on that flight and you see that going down, oh. don't tell me you don't say something. Oh, of course I do. Hey I'm Russ, bu- Russ, bu- you having a heart attack? You know what no, I'm- go to your seat. <laughs> I'm busting his thumbs left and right. <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, yo, he may be so oblivious that he doesn't even realize he's that a bucket of his stones. I think he's talked himself into a character. It's like when you hear actors who are so into the role they're playing that they never go back to being who they were. That Russ is somehow morphed into Mr. Unlimited. And this is why the NFL memes and all the, I can't take the it. attention that is being given to him now from a negative standpoint and people making fun of him is because of things like this. They should have released the lock on the beverage cart and sent it flying right down the aisle. And this is why Seattle did not want to give him a contract extension. Oh, mercy. They're better off without him. And he's now somebody else's issue. (laughs) All right. We got a minute left. Let's go to Boomer's final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. Last week, we were talking about teams trying to save their season. I don't know if they did. The 49ers took a major step back. I want to see them bounce back this week. I want to see Dak Prescott play a lot better this week. I want to see Joe Burrow do it without Jamar Chase this week against the Browns. And the other thing, too, I want to see Zach Wilson. I want to see him improve. I don't want him running around like his hair is on fire. Those are the things I'm going to be looking for, uh, you know, this weekend with these games. And, you know, quite frankly – There's a lot of bad football being played, as Tom Brady said. I agree with that. But it does create parody and interesting storylines each and every week. And that's the business model. People don't want to hear it. 
stay in the graphic, it keeps your attention. All right, we'll be back at it next week. More malpractice, more picks, more fun, and more Russell Wilson. That's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with with Boomer and Valenti. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.